happy place. Welcome. Welcome to the Magic on Main Street podcast. I'm Sean. And I'm Tabitha. Over the better part of a decade, our little family has lived the Disneyland lifestyle. As an ex-cast member and now longtime annual pass holders, we've been surrounding our lives with Disney. From Disney bounding to pin trading, exclusive items and all the food, we've fully immersed ourselves in the culture that Walt built. We've done it all and have made some great friends and memories over the years. We'll be sitting down with friends and other Disney junkies to share our stories and advice. We'll be your one-stop shop for Disneyland history and trivia and all the insider information you could ever ask for on merchandise, food, shows, attractions, and everything else you should know about the parks. Our goal is to bring a little magic to your ears each week by sharing our Disneyland journey with you. This This is is Magic Magic on on Main Street. Street. And here you may savor the challenge and promise of the future. Party people! Everybody get up! No, not Space Jam. <laughs> anyway, we're not getting through this intro well. So, uh, welcome to episode fifteen of the Magic on Main Street podcast. I'm Sean. I'm Tabitha. And with us, as always, is the little kiddo. Her name's Kenzie. She's on the show. She's fun. And here in spirit, we've got the man. He kind of is a myth right now because he doesn't exist. He doesn't exist. But he's listening to us right now as he's editing. It's Daniel Prock. We're being good in self-quarantine. Yes. So he hasn't been here, which is a real bummer. Yeah. You would know that if you followed him on Instagram, DinoProc95. We've got another fun show planned out for this week. We've got This Week in Disneyland History, some news with uh, COVID updates, and a little update on Dapper Day. We've got some merch, believe it or not. Hidden Mickeys with a Kid. We're going to be doing some talking about food. But not what you think. Uh, we're going to continue our what to watch on Disney Plus since we can't do events and entertainment. Uh, and our main topic tonight is going to be in honor of episode 15. We're doing 15 things you sh- probably didn't know about Disneyland. Or maybe you did and you forgot. And now this is a good refresher. Or you do know and shut up, guys. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he said. <laughs> Can you tell we're going a little crazy? We're going nuts. We haven't left our house. Cabin fever is set in. We went and got, we needed like milk and bread. So we went to the store for that. But that's really all we've that's been it. out for. It's COVID-15, everybody. We'll be right back. Hey, Kaylin, how about a song? Magic on Main Street podcast. Perfect for Disney fans. Magic on Main Street podcast. Talking about Disneyland. Magic on Main Street Podcast for when you're making your Disney plans. Magic on Main Street Podcast. Sean and Tabitha will be right back. They're back. Ding, ding. We have some shout outs this week. Had some folks on uh, the old Instagrams. Instantgram. Hit us up for some shout outs. So let's get to those. All right, all right, all right. <laughs> all right. Okay. So our first shout out is a birthday shout out. And this is going out to the blocks, the underscore blocks on Instagram. It's Stephanie B. Her birthday is on March 28th. So happy birthday. Happy birthday. Our distant relative. How do we say this? It's actually Kaylin who does our, our jingles. It's her cousin, Ellie. Her birthday was just on the 19th. Happy birthday, Happy Ellie. Happy birthday to you, and we love you back. Aww. So sorry you had to do the Corona birthday, but 
Happy birthday, nonetheless. Corona 16. Woo! And our friend Ginger Arose, um, she's given a shout out to all the responsible people who are staying inside their houses. It takes a village or a kingdom. Ha! Get it? Because, like, Disneyland Castle, we get it. You know what I mean? <laughs> we also want to say happy birthday to our executive producer, Patrick's daughter, Taylor. <laughs> Uh, this poor girl had to have a birthday during these times. Uh, March 29th is her birthday. Uh, may have to cancel their Disney trip, their trip to Hawaii for graduation. But she's been staying strong and humble. So happy birthday, Taylor. Happy birthday. And old Papa Patrick says, I love you, Peanut. Happy birthday. Aww. We also wanted to take this opportunity during our shout outs to call out some really cool crafters, small business owners, uh, fashionistas. <laughs> um, we have a few people. Uh, this one, I will just say, this is not a Disney related shop owner, but she reached out and I'm more than happy to give her a little bit of a shout. It's Low Poly Crafts on Instagram. L-O-P-O-L-Y Crafts on Instagram. She's got some really cool I don't even know how to describe it. <laughs> paper craft, I guess. Not origami, but like making like figures out of paper. We'll link that on our Instagram. Pretty cool. Also, want to give a shout out to Magic of Paint. We've called out Magic of Paint before, but Magic of Paint on Instagram has custom painted shoes and spirit jerseys. So they take the spirit jersey and paint over the puff lettering on the back in custom designs. Pretty cool. I've seen some really, really interesting ones put out by Magic of Paint. I love them so much. I think they're so pretty. I know. I want one. Same. And lastly, but not leastly, we've got the Maddest Hatter Co. And that's two Ds like mine. Like the Mad Hatter underscore. <laughs> Plug. <laughs> uh, but the Maddest Hatter Co. on Instagram. Again, we'll, we'll post this on our feed. Uh, but... They have park-inspired hats and jerseys, and they've been posting on Instagram a lot lately. They're actually doing 25% off right now. Um, you know, they, they were affected by this whole pandemic, and uh, we're looking for some, some help on promoting the shop. So here you are, the Maddest Hatter Co. Uh, I'm looking at one that they posted just recently, and it's a, it's a baseball jersey. It says villains in script across the front, 38, and it actually has a poison apple on the sleeve and then on the back the t the name on the the baseball jersey is evil queen number 38 pretty cool i love it i want one it's i would really wear cool. this i am not a jersey person except for hockey but two games or events but this baseball jersey is sick somebody said that we should all get one i forget who it was though. probably alvy because she saw the the evil queen one and she's obsessed with the evil queen so maybe alvy yeah um but yeah so Give those folks some love. If you know of a small business that is looking for some promotion, uh, again, we don't have the biggest network, but hey, if we get one person to buy something from you, how big is that? That's awesome. And then referrals. So if there's anything you want us to promote, please let us know. We're more than happy to help out the Disney family right now. A lot of people are affected by this financially. And if this is how you're making your money, then we'll try to help. So that's shout outs. All right. 
This Week in Disneyland History. In 1952, the first public announcement of Walt Disney's plans to build Disneyland are printed in the Burbank Daily Review. And this is funny, because I didn't know this. It was printed and it said, Walt Disney Make Believe Land Project planned here. $1.5 million dreamland to rise on site in Burbank. At this time, Walt had planned to build the park near his studios in Burbank. Glad he didn't. Burbank is crowded enough. Yeah, but then he found this beautiful orange grove in the middle of Anaheim, California, and the rest is history. Fast forward to 1985, the Frontierland Shootin' Arcade opened at Disneyland. And this is funny because this is something, and you'll have to say the same thing because it's been there since you've been alive. I don't remember the place without it. So I was only like six at the time, but I remember this. I always remember the Shootin' Arcade. It's one of the farthest memories back I have. And that's why my favorite land is Frontierland. Hmm. That's well part of the reason. That's what I have the most memories of. Golden Horseshoe, the shooting arcade. Yeah. I just remember getting chicken nuggets at the Golden Horseshoe since forever. Chicky nuggies? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's funny. In 2000, Disneyland officials lift the ban on park employees wearing... What? Gloves? <laughs> yeah, they couldn't wear gloves. <laughs> <laughs> Mustaches. Oh! Yeah. Uh, So this is something that had been in effect since 1957. And this was put in place by Walt himself. They changed the Disney look in the year 2000 to allow cast members to wear a mustache. Before that, they had to be completely clean shaven. Mustache. And this is actually one of our fun facts for the evening. So we'll talk about that more in a minute. How funny is that? Oh. Yeah. Um, Didn't even realize. Didn't put the two together. I was going to put this in as one of the things that people may not know about Disneyland, but it was actually it actually popped up in the this week in Disneyland history. So I was like, eh, let's just talk about it there. So another fact around this is in 2000, you were allowed to wear a mustache and you could have sideburns that went down to where your ears are to the to the bottoms of your ears. You couldn't. That's a long sideburn. Or tops of your ears, middle of your ear, something with your ears. OK, I want to. I think it was middle of your ears. Mm. So you could have a mustache and, and sideburns to the middle of your ears. When I quit, I think, yeah, I, th- I was done in 2001, maybe 2002, but it, 2001 for sure. So this is after they had already said that you can have a mustache. Well, I was clean shaven at the time. When I quit, this is really bad. I don't, I don't feel good about this, but I'm going to say it anyway. <laughs> um, when I quit, I was, I was going into the park as a guest and I realized I had my cast member ID on me and I wasn't going to try to get into the park for free. But I sure was going to try to get free parking. So I showed the pass at the gate and they let me in. But I got hassled because I had grown out a, a, a goatee. Um. And so the guy, you know, the guy working the gate was like, you work here? And I was like, yeah. And he's like, what do you do? And I was like, oh, uh, I, wor- I work on the canoes because that's what I did. And I never officially quit. I actually took a leave of absence that I never came back to. So I didn't really, I was still a cast member at the time. You should contact HR and see if they'll let you come back. Yeah, let me see. Because <laughs> I was on a leave of absence. I never quit. But um, I was like, oh, I work on the canoes. He goes, you're allowed to have a, a beard on the canoes? And I was like, no. Didn't even think about the fact that I had hair on my face. And he's like, I was like, oh, I was on vacation. I took my pass back and I never went back with it. And I was like, I don't feel good about this. But I was still technically employed. Naughty, naughty, naughty. I know, bad guy. If you know anything about me, I follow the rules very explicitly. But now, as you know, if you've been to the park since 2011, you're allowed to wear a full beard. It has to be nicely kempt and, you know, taken care of. But yeah, so now that old rule is no longer in effect at all. Crazy. Yeah. Last one, 2009, Disneyland 
uh, debuted a, a new parade, Celebrate, a street party. Do you remember this one? No. So very high energy. They it was uh, they had forty eight dancers, twelve acrobats on stilts, three DJs, and twelve drivers of combination bicycle drum kits, and twenty four Disney characters. You don't remember this one? Not even kind of. I remember the DJs. I don't remember anything else about the whole show, but I remember the DJs. It was very. You weren't even in California. At the no, time. Uh, it was when I took Kenzie for the first time. Yeah, we came down uh, when you were a baby. It was your first trip to Disneyland. With me. You went with your grandpa once before that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's this week in Disneyland history. Up next, breaking news. This just in. Breaking news. News, news, news. Because of what's going on in the world, we'll start off news with the COVID-19 update. Uh, no news coming from the Disneyland parks, Walt Disney World. No no news on, on an opening, which is a good thing because, I mean... They can't open up on April 1st like they said they were. It's just not going to happen. No, the only thing I've seen in regards to Disney World is that um, Disney World encouraged employees to abide by the stay-at-home order that was issued for Orange County yeah. in Florida. Yeah. And that just happened... What? Yesterday? Yeah, within the past couple of days. Uh, but... After almost two months since it closed its gates, Shanghai Disneyland theme park is closed. But some of the restaurants and shops outside the park, as well as the adjacent hotel, have resumed operations, but with limited capacity and reduced operating hours. And from what we're reading, getting in is not so easy. So every guest has to do a temperature screening and has to present a green Shanghai QR code to enter the resort. Uh, This is after your screening. And visitors are also required to wear a mask during their stay at all times, unless they're actually eating. That's so crazy. So two months later, it's still not that great of a, of an experience. We're in for a long ride guys. Yeah, we are. Let's prepare ourselves now. We're not opening on April 1st. No, it wouldn't be the responsible thing to do. No, no. So, um, but with that, uh, Disneyland's Dapper day expo, uh, hosted by Dapper day, has been postponed to June 20th and 21st. As of right now, Dapper Day, Day in the Park, is still scheduled for April 19th, pending park opening. But the expo has been moved so that they can secure a date that is a little bit more certain to open. Um, so they're saying if anybody's uh, if anybody's purchased expo tickets, they're honoring that ticket for the June event. Mm-hmm. And there's also a summer outing scheduled for Sunday, June 21st. So I think they wanted to throw something on the schedule because I feel like even though all of us are trying to stay hopeful, we all kind of know that the park isn't opening anytime soon. Yeah. Um. So I think they're just trying to throw something on there to make up for that. And that makes sense. And it's it's good of them to do that. I mean, this is yeah, nothing's nothing's changed anytime soon. So June 20th through 21st. Yeah. Um, there's rumors of the Food and Wine Festival being extended, though, because of the closure um, through September. Which would be amazing. It really would. It would. I, th- I feel like it's something that everybody would kind of need once everything is like open and back to normal. Just like a sense of like community in the park yeah. <laughs> almost. And this um, is a pretty, pretty well confirmed fact now, right? Um, it's still rumor. There's been no official announcement by Disneyland, but there was a permit that was filed on the 18th of this month, um, listing all of the buildings that are included in food and wine, the kiosks, refrigerators, merchandise stands, everything. Um, and the permit was pulled from February 24th 
through September 7th. Yeah, this is kind of a fun way to find out things that are going on in the parks because permits. they have to have permits because they're structures. Yeah. In not-so-hot news, all construction at Disneyland and Disney California Adventure Park has stopped as of the 23rd, including work on Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway, which was supposed to open in 2022, which probably still will. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Avengers Campus, more, more short-term, said... To still have an opening date of July 18th, but they've stopped work on the refurbishments for Haunted Mansion, Snow White, King Arthur Carousel, and Indiana Jones. I'm sad. I know. (laughs) I know. But you found some really interesting information about Avengers Campus. Yeah. There's an active permit right now for a $100,000 antenna cell site in Avengers Campus on a roof of one of the buildings. Hmm. Expanding service, I guess? Yeah, they probably really want you to use the app. Yeah, well, you have to. But among those active permits, in in addition to the cell tower, they've got a $7.5 million attraction building, which is going to be Minnie Mickey's Runaway Railway, an Indiana Jones refurbishment, a renovation to Frontierland entrance, re-roofing of the Cider Mill and Blacksmith Shop on Tom Sawyer's Island, a re-roof for Mickey's House in Toontown, and a $1.1 million Space Mountain emergency exit exterior staircase. Interesting stuff. Then a couple little ones like uh, electrical and lighting work for Westward Ho in Frontierland and Shade Canopy in the Symbol Lot. Just little things. They can't work on any of those. The safety of the workers is more important right now. For sure. And I'm glad that everybody's recognizing this uh, as, as far as Disney is concerned. Yeah. Yeah. So I hope you're all safe out there. Everybody's trying to be safe for the world. I really miss people. I miss people so much. People are still really annoying me because they're not using their brains, but I miss human interaction. Yeah. Guys, just stay inside. It's not, there's nothing going on outside. It's not worth it. No. The streets are empty. Everything's closed. Looks like the zombie apocalypse. Yeah. Walmart's closing at eight o'clock. Like get food. Obviously you need food. Yeah. If you need food, go out and get food. But other than that, there's really no reason. Walk your dog in your neighborhood away from people. That's really all you need to do. Stop going to parks and beaches. I know. Oh my gosh. Knock it off. It's our responsibility, people. It's our planet. The only people that are going to take care of it is us. So let's take care of each other. Seriously. Let's get together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get rid of COVID-19. That's not the word. Is that not how it goes? No. Well, it is now. <laughs> okay, what's next? Moisturizing. There's lots of cute stuff on um, Shop Disney right now. Yeah? Not a lot of it's like super new, but there are a few new things that have just been released like within the last week. Um, which are some Earth Day and Easter t-shirts. Ooh. Yeah. So there's a whole collection of a bunch of different ones. There's Star Wars, Toy Story, Tinkerbell, a couple different Wally ones for Earth Day, uh, Mickey Mouse, and more. One of them that caught my eye, though, that I might have to order, just mm. so you guys know. Mm-mm. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. I haven't been in the park spending money, so I, I feel like I deserve it. But we're so broke. What happened? 
Because we went doomsday grocery shopping and spent one trillion dollars. Because we were forced to by all the emergency panic shoppers yeah, in the I world. Real, Thanks. Yeah, real scared that they were going to eat all the food. I know. I don't like it. Gosh. Um, but yeah, one of the Wally tank tops. It's a women's tank top. Um, it's got Wally on it, and then he's holding some flowers, and it says, "Go planet, it's your Earth Day." Go planet. It's your Earth Day. I want it so bad. It's so cute. It's really cute. Um, and they all range around 20 to I think the most expensive one I saw was like $34.99. Not bad. No. If you need a Disney fix, Shop Disney's got you covered. Like I said, I think I said last week, I'm about to redo our whole kitchen. I know. Maybe our living room too. Who knows? But nobody's shipping. That's the problem. Some more new stuff on Shop Disney. Um, last week, we had National Puppy Day. And to go along with that, Shop Disney released a new Dooney and Burke Disney Dogs collection. Cute. Yeah. So it has Pluto, Fifi, Dinah, Bruno, Nana, Lady, Tramp, Pongo, Perdita, Copper, Max, Toby, Dodger, Georgette, Tito, Percy, Winston, Doug, Little Brother, Bolt, Sultan, Sparky. And Stitch. Yeah, and Stitch. Because he's a dog. Because he's a dog. He's not an alien. Yeah, no. Um, the collection includes a backpack, which is going for 268 a crossbody for two twenty eight, a tote for two ninety eight, a wallet for one fifty eight, and a cosmetic case for forty eight. And they're all super duper cute. They're really really cute. And there's um, I know most people know this, but on the Shop Disney website, there's like a little part that tells you like that each one is like individually made, so the designs will be a little bit different on each one. So it's kind of cool. Okay. Yeah. Hey, Kaylin, what time is it? It's time for Hidden Mickey of the Week. Looking everywhere, Kenzie's here to share the Hidden Mickey of the Week. Hello. All right, welcome back. And uh, we've got Kenzie with us. Hello. For oh. Hidden Mickey's with the Kid. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> I said um, that too early. So last week, if you tuned in, uh, we actually decided to move away from Hidden Mickeys on attractions and in the park because we are all stuck at home. So we're going to be doing Hidden Mickeys with the Kid Disney Movie Edition. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So what do you have for us this week? This week, I have one Entangled. Entangled. One of my favorite Disney movies. That's one of my all-time favorite Disney movies. Yeah. <laughs> okay. In every scene that you see Rapunzel's mother, uh-huh. her real mother. Her real mother. Yeah. Not mother Gothel. Um, her mom has a necklace. Uh-huh. It's kind of like a, it's not rose gold. It's kind of like a rose quartz. Okay. It's, um, and it's in the shape of a hidden Mickey. The necklaces? Yeah. The necklace is in the shape of a hidden Mickey? Yes. In the design of the necklace. Okay. There are three rose quartz. Mm-hmm. In the shape of a hidden Mickey. Oh, okay. So yeah. every time you see Rapunzel's mom, her real yeah. mom, the queen, yes, on screen, she's wearing a necklace, and within the design of the necklace, there's three stones that make a hidden Mickey. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. And it's our favorite movie. Yeah. Woo! Mm-hmm. All right. Well, that's this week's Hidden Mickey with the Kid. Thanks, kiddo. You're welcome. Go to bed. So, because there's really not a lot to share about food this week. No. Until further notice, this will now be food we miss this week. What do you miss? I miss the Alfredo pesto chicken pasta from Plaza Inn. It's so funny that you get that every time we go. Yes. 
It's well, not every time we go. I'm not eating bowls of pasta. No, every time, every time we go to, <laughs> it's, <laughs> like to Plaza Inn. No, it's so good. I know, but everybody loves Plaza for the chicken, and you go there specifically for the pasta. Yeah. It's very funny. If I want a bite of chicken or some mashed potatoes, I'll just take it off your plate when you're not looking. That's true. Ding. You know what I miss this week? What do you miss? This is going to sound completely bonkers. Yeah. The Locomoco Bow. And you were so anti-Locomoco Bow at first. I wasn't anti-Locomoco Bow. Do not lie I wasn't. Yes, you were. I was anti-getting like, rid I've of- had Locomoco before. I don't really like it. I it's I probably am not gonna like this one. I'm still gonna try it, but I'm not gonna probably like this. I mean, one. maybe, but quit picking on me. <laughs> I did not pick on you. <laughs> but it's not that I didn't like the loco mocha or the idea of it. I didn't want them to get rid of my favorite one, the beef bulgogi bow. Rest I in if peace. I could figure out how to make that. Oh, please do it. <laughs> but I do miss that new bow. It was really good. Mm-hmm. I really enjoyed that. I did not think I was going to like it. But I like I didn't really lo- like care for it that one that much. I like the beef one better. Um, but just like the bow dough is so It's so good. It's delicious. like pillows. Yeah. You know what else I'm missing right now? What are you missing right now? Hot chocolate <sighs> from Ronto Roasters. You would think I would be missing something warm. Because it's been so rainy. Yeah. But I want a pineapple raspberry swirl Dole Whip. Oh, it sounds so good. So bad. Yeah. That does sound good. I know. A Refreshing. Dole Whip? Oh, man. What are we doing to ourselves? And a churro. Mm. Yeah. All right. Well, let's pick this up. Let's let's get back into some happy stuff. If you guys have any foods that you would like us to mention during the podcast yeah. that you think is so great that... You never hear anyone talking about that you want us to give like a little woo-woo to. Or something that you're missing. Yeah. Let us know. Let us know on our IG. Yeah. We'll talk about it. We should start a TikTok. TikTok. What would we do? I don't know. Folks, what would we do on a TikTok? Email us. I feel like I'm not 17, so I can't. It doesn't matter. I'm I'm seeing people my age on there now. It's it's allowed now. (laughs) What should we do on a TikTok? Let us know. Friends at Magic on Main Street Podcast.com. Mm-hmm. Events and entertainment. So last week was the first week we introduced what to watch on Disney Plus. Yeah. And we had said that you should watch Moana. Moana. Mm-hmm. And also we announced last week that they brought onward to digital streaming so we purchased it on itunes because we didn't want to wait but if you can wait one more week they're bringing it to disney plus on the third of april april 3rd so you're welcome (laughs) um but this week there's a couple things that we started watching one i put on randomly and i don't know why this happened but i'm kind of glad i did i never i would never imagine myself like watching this show but i started high school musical the musical the series you know this means we need to watch the movies now. i know because you had a lot of questions i i did have a lot of questions this doesn't follow the movie though no at all but they reference it but they reference it yeah so you should watch yeah so it's it's uh it's not for those of you who have not seen it it's not following the movies or the characters from the movies it's actually the story is it's the high school that they filmed the movie at 
And so they're doing a musical of the movie. So uh, it's actually kind of fun. It's a little Glee-esque, but a little less advanced in age, I guess. (laughs) Uh, It's it's a PG show, not PG-13. Um, but it's fun. I liked it. I enjoyed it. It was, it was a good time. Some good twists in there. Plot lines are great. (laughs) Character development's on point. So good job. So I would recommend watching High School Musical, the musical, the series. And then we can watch all the High School Musical movies and I'll sing you all the songs. Which, and I have to apologize to our buddy Matt because he's in the dang movie and I haven't seen it. But I mean, I'm sure he's not mad at you. No, definitely not. I've watched I'm, it enough for both of us. That's I was fine. definitely old enough at the time <laughs> the movie came out to never have to watch it. Um, but I will. And I will give you. I've actually I've seen his scene. Scenes. Yeah. I've yeah. seen his scenes. We've a pulled lot. him up. Yeah. To laugh at him. Yeah. Cool hair, bro. <laughs> That's Matt Prokop out there. But another show that we started watching. This one is a little bit more uh, hitchy in the feels-esque. Um, Marvel Hero Project. Ugh. We watched what? What three episodes over the weekend? Yeah, I was not okay. And cried during every single one of them. This is a really cool show. The premise is so neat. So it's actually put on um by you know people at Marvel, and so they're they're identifying kids with um hero like qualities. Hero like qualities exactly. So the first episode was on a girl who uh was born with only one arm and she was an inventor uh and empowered other kids that were uh limb challenged, I think is is how they referred to it. Mm-hmm. Um another one was a 11-year-old like preacher oh and this kid gosh. was like standing up for uh kids that were facing child, child abuse. Um I was hysterical during that one. He was so Passionate. So passionate. Oh my god! Like I'm getting teary eyed. I mean, he was like but. screaming. They let him do a speech on the um, Lincoln Memorial. Lincoln Memorial, just like his idol, Martin Luther King Jr. Man, it's, it was a cool show. It was. I'm a big emotional. fan. Emotional. And then uh, on top of them, like doing a little like background on them, they present them, uh, like they surprise present them with a box that has a really cool hero project like leather jacket to mm-hmm. you know show that they're part of the team they give them a uniform and then they also create a comic book based on their story uh and g- they give them a special power so like the little boy um he his power was he could like light up a room so he had like a, this light emanating from him and everybody that came in contact you know had this light it was really cool yeah they based it around like mantis yeah like she mantis. can read like emotions she can read emotions stuff. yeah Really cool. Um, and then they also donate $10,000 to the kids, uh, like, charity, like charity of choice. Yeah. So, really cool show. I really enjoyed it. So, we watched a few episodes. We'll continue to watch the rest of the season. I think it's really fun. So, that's what you should watch this week on Disney+. Plus. We're going to take a little bit of a break before our main topic and while we do that, I just want to draw attention to the fact that we have an Instagram mm-hmm. and we're doing fun stuff on our Instagram. Uh, I got bored the other day and I created one of those story templates so you can fill out all your like favorites. Maybe I'll repost that one or make a new one. Mm-hmm. I think they're fun. Just trying to keep people engaged, man. I think social media is all we have during this time. So keep listening. Keep sharing this podcast with your friends. Check out our Instagram at Magic on Main Pod if you haven't already. So yeah, check out our Instagram. Uh, hit us up. You know, follow our stuff, and we'll keep doing 
what we can to keep you guys entertained. Uh, but it's also where we put all of our pictures from our episodes. So really good for you to follow over there. So check us out on Instagram at magic on main pod. We'll be right back. And we're back. Since we're all on lockdown and we're not leaving our homes like nice, responsible humans, uh, we are not able to go to Disneyland, as you know. So we're trying to figure out ways to keep you entertained without having any park content. So we're taking more of it. It sucks. I hate it. (laughs) (laughs) While I don't want to do this, we gladly will. Yeah, I'm kidding. Uh, But, you know, we we're trying to figure out ways to keep you entertained and in the know. So what better way than to know the history of Disneyland? Uh, And so since we're on episode 15, I thought, hey, why don't we do 15 things you probably don't know about Disneyland? I feel like I haven't put enough sound effects in this episode. So, Daniel, add that one. (laughs) Up first, this one might be a little bit more known than others, but uh, I thought this was this is always an interesting fact to share. The plants in Tomorrowland are all edible. Yeah, you can nom them on up. Yeah, you can eat all of the plants in Tomorrowland. And they did this because, you know, Tomorrowland was supposed to be like the the society of the future. And so they wanted it to double as a farm where humanity makes the most of its resources. Responsible forward thinking. Also, like don't eat the plants, please. Also, don't eat the plants. <laughs> <laughs> Just because you can doesn't, doesn't mean, mean you should. should. Um, yeah, so that's, that's a fun one. Uh, This next one is really interesting, and I honestly did not know this one. Uh, So there was actually a tobacco shop on Main Street until 1991. I didn't know that. I've seen the pictures of it. I've seen the the word tobacco uh, from old pictures on, on Main Street, but I didn't realize it was a functioning tobacco shop. No. Yeah, so this shop was located between the Magic Shop and the Main Street Cinema on the east side of Main Street, and this was from 1955 all the way to 1991. So, the guidebook at the time said you can buy tobacco and smoking accessories from around the world. As a souvenir of your day at the park, take home a handcrafted pipe and a tin or pouch of the finest tobacco. What the heck? Yeah, so this wasn't just like a like a cigarette shop. This yeah, was a like a to- this shop. was a tobacco shop. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh they they didn't display cigarettes, but they said if you're looking for cigarettes, you've come to the right place. Uh, you might not see them on display, but the tobacconist, that's what they were called, keeps them under the counter. Just ask for any of the popular brands. And they actually invited you at the time in the guidebook to puff on your cigarette as you walk around the park. Smoking is prohibited in attractions and their queues. You can put out your cigarette in the ashtrays conveniently located at the entrance to every attraction. Could you imagine there being smoking around the park? No. I would die. Well, it's crazy because, like, I remember being able to smoke in the park. I remember it clearly. Um, I only remember smoking zones. No, I, I mean, I remember people walking around with cigarettes. Mm. Um, but I've seen then, people do it even though you're not supposed yeah, to. Well, not, you're not supposed to. Yeah, so then they moved to the smoking sections, and they had quite a few at one point. But then, it, you know, now, if you don't know Disneyland past, what, eight years ago? Seven years ago? Six? Seven? Six, probably. Six. Cool. Yeah, because they still had smoking at like over by Matterhorn and mm-hmm. by Tom Sawyer's Island rafts. If if the last time you went was before like six years ago, you don't know the park without smoking. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. There was no Disney characters on any of the smoking paraphernalia. No, no, nothing branded. 
Can you imagine? Just a Mickey Mouse pipe. <laughs> Goofy's wacky tobacco. Oh my gosh. <laughs> oh, that'd be good. Not okay. Um, okay. Coming in at number three, Walt Disney loved spending time with park guests so much that he would sometimes join them in line. Ugh. Yeah. Dream come Can true. you imagine? That would be so cool. He, so he believed in walking the park uh, and that meant standing in lines if he needed to. But, you know, he did it to, to mingle with his guests because he really was a man of the people, but he wasn't doing it just to have fun. There's a book, Window on Main Street, uh, and the University of Disneyland founder Van Arsdale, France, wrote, Walt would regularly walk the park looking for problems or things to improve. He was good at it and always welcomed suggestions. Hmm. Yeah. Can you imagine like walking up to Walt Disney and being like, hey, I noticed that this is this way. You should really make it like this. And he's like, OK. And then all of a sudden it changes because you suggested it to Walt Disney. <laughs> or, or alternately, uh, you walk up and you don't know who this guy is. And you go, uh, excuse me. Uh, where's the bathroom? Is it, is it Walt, Walt? Is it? Uh, where's the bathroom? Oh, my gosh. Waste your one question. Exactly. Ugh. You know, there was one guy. So, yeah, that's fun. I can't I just can't imagine Walt in the park. Here's a fun one. So I'm sure there are many, many, many celebrities who have worked at Disneyland. We know of Steve Martin, which he's a pretty common one. Mm -hmm. People know that. But something I didn't know, Michelle Pfeiffer worked at Disneyland as Alice from Alice in Wonderland. Huh? Yeah. So she was born in Santa Ana uh, and went to uh, Newport Harbor High School and Fountain Valley High School. Okay. She was actually Miss Orange County. Uh, one of her first jobs was as a performer playing Alice in Disneyland's Main Street Electrical Parade in the mid-70s. Mid Is she short? Michelle Pfeiffer. I've, I've never met her. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> well, because Alice is usually like... Shorter. Yeah. yeah. Like a teenage height. Whatever that means. Well, that doesn't mean anything these days. She's 5'7". We know a teenager that's 6'7". Oh, yeah. Yeah. Michelle Pfeiffer's 5'7". That's kind of short. Taller than me, and Alice has never been taller than but me. But she was in the parade. Oh, true. Yeah, she was sitting down. Okay. Yeah, Yeah. so that was interesting. The more you know. Ding. Um, coming in at number five. Cinco. <laughs> the gold trimmings on the outside of It's a Small World ride are made of real 22 karat gold. That's crazy. I didn't believe this one until I read the, the citation. Yeah, so according to a um, souvenir book that was printed in 1973, it states, For weather and durability in unexcelled beauty, 22 karat gold leaf was used for trim throughout the facade. When domestic supplies of gold leaf ran low, Disney engineers secured a European shipment to finish the job, thus adding another international touch while creating a striking contrast of gold textures. That's crazy. Very neat. Yeah. That's so cool. Right there on Small World. That's cool. Even though I hate it. You don't hate it. Even though I don't prefer it. You yeah. know what? I would write it 400 times right now if I meant I could go to the park. I was going to say, you'd <laughs> write it right now if it was the only thing open. I would. Number six. I knew this, but I know it's not a very common fact. So the abominable snowman in the Matterhorn mm -hmm. is named Harold. Like every, all of them are? Or just like the current one or the so, previous one? Because the new one is really scary. Yeah, he so doesn't look like his name should officially, be Officially, no. Harold is actually the abominable snowman that's now at uh, Gal uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. 
Oh, yeah, in the collector's warehouse. That's Harold. Um, so the new one, I don't know if he has a name. He's frightening. Terrifying uh, is his name. Very, very scary. I <laughs> close my eyes through that whole ride now. Do you remember the first time we went on since we they opened screamed. it? I screamed like a kid. I was freaked out, man. This thing it was so scary, and it's just chasing yeah. you. It just wants to kill you. Yeah, it's literally chasing you. It's freaky. But the original one uh, had been there. He was nice and cuddly. Yeah, he wasn't cuddly, but he wasn't frightening like this one he wasn't uh, he, popping out of a hole trying to eat me no. they put him in in 1978 and uh that's when they added the ice caverns before that the interior was just like a big giant hollow space <laughs> boring i know well i mean it's, it's, it's you still get the bobsleds that's a fun, fun ride yeah i guess the chiropractor we call it Ugh. um but unofficially imagineers dubbed the abominable snowman when they put him in 1978 harold uh that leaked onto cast members and kind of went public from then good old harold not, not a very common known fact Good old Harold. So this one, this is probably a little bit, maybe a little bit more known now because of uh, the Imagineering story uh, on Disney Plus. Mm -hmm. Another good show to watch during your downtime. Um, But one thing a lot of people, it's hard to, it's hard to imagine it like now. Like if you think about this happening today, this is just insane. Uh, But Disneyland was built in about a year, almost exactly a year. A year and a day. Yeah, so that's the that's the rumor, um, but there is some fact to it. So despite early financial troubles, um, Walt Disney had planned this to be a $17 million theme park. And they were est- estimating this to be a 365-day project. Which is so crazy when you think about it, because that was a whole park. And just one ride alone that like we're waiting on currently that just started construction, they're anticipating it being two whole years for one One ride. attraction, yeah. So crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. And they opened up with 18 attractions. They, now, they weren't like the modern Marvels they are today, but at the time they were pretty big, yeah. know, pretty big ventures. Um, so in on Sunday, July 17th, 1955, everybody knows that day. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's when Disneyland was televised as opening. The L.A. Times put out an article, Dreams Come True in Orange Grove, Disneyland, Multimillion Dollar Magic Kingdom to open tomorrow. And they said, a dream come true tomorrow, Disneyland opens. It has been exactly a year and a day since ground was broken for Multimillion Dollar Magic Kingdom, which Walt Disney has created on what used to be a 160-acre orange grove in Anaheim. A year and a day, as reported by the Los Angeles Times. However, there are some disagreements about the actual groundbreaking. Uh, some have them listed, you know, a few days before, a few days after. So we'll say that Disneyland was built in just about a year. Okay. At best, a year and a day. Yep. Yeah. No matter how you look at it, a year to build the entire theme park? That's crazy. Yeah. Insane. Another one, which we were just talking about these, so I yes. definitely believe it. Around 3 million churros are sold every year. Yeah, so people are digging these fried dough pastries. Um, yes, especially when you cover them in marshmallow and peanut butter and chocolate <laughs> chips. <laughs> oh, the fluffernutter. I would love a fluffernutter churro oh. right now. I'm going to make my own. Yeah. When we go to get another essential run at the grocery store, I'm going to buy some. Hopefully they have some churros yeah. at the grocery store. They reported about... million sold a few years ago, but they're still estimating about the same amount. So around 3 million every year. Insane in the membrane. 
<laughs> it's funny because when I was on the the canoes, uh, the Indian village as it stands now on the back end of the river, mm-hmm. uh, it's different. So you'll see there's a shaman up on a rock talking to his people. In the past, there was uh, the shaman was actually down in front of his people, like right on the riverbank. And I did something I probably shouldn't have done. <laughs> and I docked the boat at the, uh, <laughs> the island, uh, got out. Talked with the shaman. Um, but if you ever saw him, he had a stick in his hand. It was like a talking stick. Mm-hmm. Um, but we had a joke out on the river that that was Chief Eisner. <laughs> and he was telling a story about this item in his hand, which was the first churro. <laughs> and he, he said, you know, we make these churros for five cents and sell them by the millions for four dollars or for Two two dollars, three dollars, whatever the price was at the time. So we were actually pretty spot on. Mm-hmm. Millions sold every year. So crazy. I got in trouble for that. <laughs> you know how I got in trouble? Guest complaint. A guest compliment. Oh no. Yeah. So a guest went to City Hall and said, "We had so much fun out on the canoes. Our our guide got out of the the boat on the Indian village and did some jokes with the chief." And they went, "Wait, what?" <laughs> and it got back to my bosses and I got in trouble. Did your union rep just love you? My union rep, yeah. Me and my buddy Rick, and he will confirm these stories. He has confirmed, he has them confirmed to me. these stories. Um, <laughs> yeah, my buddy Rick and I got in trouble for that. So we also got in trouble for hitting the Mark Twain, but that's a story for another day. <laughs> On to number nine. A time capsule was buried at Sleeping Beauty Castle in 1995. Um, no one knows exactly what's inside of it, but it is planned to be unearthed. During the park's 80th anniversary on July 17th, 2035. That's fun. That's only 15 years away. I know. We'll get there. Crazy. And they actually, it is a time capsule, but on the plaque, it says time castle. Oh. Cool, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, number 10. So the Main Street Opera House is the oldest building on Disneyland property. Huh. That's something a lot of people don't know. No. Uh, So it originally served as the park's lumber mill. And it was converted into an opera house after 1961. Wow. Yeah. That's nifty. That's pretty neat, huh? Yeah. Number 11, the King Arthur Carousel is actually older than the actual theme park. What the what? Even older than the opera house. What? So even though the property was bought in 1953, opened in 1955, the attraction was built in 1922. So it operated at Sunnyside Beach Park in Toronto, Ontario, Canada until the park closed And then they relocated it to Disneyland in 1954, where it was refurbished and heavily modified and opened in the when the park opened on July 17th, 1955. Wow. Yeah. So with the with the modifications, they actually widened it. It was only two horses wide and they widened it to four. So Hmm. they did some really heavy modifications on this thing. It's an international attraction. It's pretty cool. It is an international attraction. Our friends in the north, eh? Mm hmm. So this one is a little bit different. People typically know what Club 33 is. If you don't, Disneyland has a secret members only dinner club with a bar. This is the actually the only place you could get alcohol in the park before Galaxy's Edge was at Club 33. Invite only um, or membership. But one thing that a lot of people do not know is there's another private club at the resort 
over at Disney California Adventure. Uh, it's called 1901, and it's uh, the secret entrance is just to the right of the main entrance of Carthay Circle. And we've actually been able to go in there, and it's a blast, and it's it's a lounge only, so there's no there's no um, food. You can get appetizers and drinks there, uh, but they have like a proper bar uh, with some really cool Walt memorabilia. The whole idea of the entire club is, you know, it's 1901 based on Walt's birth year. A lot of the art and images you'll see around the lounge is all, you know, early Walt. So him with different uh, influential people throughout the years. So Roy Disney, um, Ub Iwerks, and just, you know, other things from from Walt in history. Uh, but there's a really cool feature in there, which we will talk about. Um, if you wait it out, if you ever get a chance to go in here, if you wait it out over by where you walk in uh, every once in a while, a magic window op- opens and Walt steps through and you can watch him walk by. And it's definitely Walt. Um, we sobbed. <laughs> yeah, it was it was a very emotional day. It was it was so neat to be able to see. You know, some pictures that nobody will ever see again. Um, there's, you know, there's some that are, you know, on the Internet and stuff. But there's there's a lot in there that you'll never see anywhere else. Really cool stuff. Um, yeah, really just very Walt centric. So it was really neat. So, yeah. So club, uh, it's 1901 over at Carthay Circle in, in California Adventure. Very neat. I loved it. Um, there used to be a corset and bra shop on Main Street. <laughs> Um, the intimate apparel shop operated by Hollywood Maxwell Brazier Company of L.A. and was a corset and brazier shop on Main Street, USA. Um, exhibits included old circa like 1900 and new as in like 1955 corsets, bras and petticoats and the wonderful wizard of bras. There was a window on Main Street that said the wonderful wizard of bras. I love that so much. Yeah, I need it. That's so funny. <laughs> I'm going to create a wood burning that says yeah. the wonderful wizard yeah. of bras. <laughs> That's great. 14. For number 14, um, you can hear George Lucas cryptically being paged while you're waiting in line for Star Tours. Um, if you pay attention and listen to the overhead speaker, they call a bunch of different names. They talk about flight statuses and everything. Um, but you will hear them call Egrog Sekul. Sekul which is George Lucas backwards. Yeah. So they actually redid the audio in there uh, in like, I want to say it was like 2011. Mm-hmm. Um, but they kept that track in there. That's good. Yeah. So you can still hear it to this day. Awesome possum. Pretty fun stuff. What do we got bringing us home? Bringing us home. Number 15. This is a fun one. And, you, you know, if you know about it, awesome. If you've seen it, even better. For those of you that don't know, there is a secret apartment that hides inside the fire station on Main Street. As Disneyland was being constructed, Walt wanted somewhere he could watch the activity. So he wanted, you know, somewhere he could actually like stay over. So he had a little special apartment built on the second floor of the Main Street firehouse. It was private and hidden from the rest of the park. And so it was like the perfect place for him to work and uh, even spend time with his family. Uh, It was small, but and I mean, really, it's just one room with a bathroom. It's it's really small, but it was very functional and operational. There's a small bathroom with a shower, along with a small kitchen unit, which it's a small kitchen unit, but it's it's kitchenette. Cool. It's a kitchenette, <laughs> but it's very you know very functional. The furniture when he had had it built was very firehouse, 
with, you know, reds and whites and color. And the guy that actually decorated the place, Emil Curry, he was a set designer for a lot of Disney films. Um, and he actually decorated uh, Main Street itself. That's awesome. Yeah, pretty neat. Um, so this is interesting. Uh, Walt actually didn't allow any pictures of him or his family inside the ex- the apartment except for one single picture. And we're going to put that up on our Instagram. He took it for National Geographic magazine. That's so cool. Yeah. But in addition to this really cool, like, little, like, flat, uh, they had a, a little patio on the back. And Lillian would actually use the patio for afternoon tea or to entertain guests while they were coming out. It was very private, had vines surrounding it, a cute little wood patio. And you can't see it from the street. So very private and right in the middle of everything. So it's crazy. And so this fact is probably a little bit more known as it relates to the apartment. But when Walt was working in the apartment, he would work at a small wooden desk right by the window. That's that's what that's the window that faced Main Street. And when he'd work there, he had a lamp that he would light. And so that's that's kind of when you look in the window now above the firehouse, you see a lamp that's lit. So the the whole thing is when the lamp is lit, Walt is in the park. So that was kind of an indicator of him being there. Pretty neat. He actually, on opening day, he was watching the crowds come in, uh, just, you know, tons of people. And he had one of the Mouseketeers, Sharon Baird, with him. And I found this article and she had made a statement uh, on the opening day of Disneyland, we, the Mouseketeers, were in Walt Disney's private apartment above the Main Street Fire Station when the gates of the park opened for the first time. I was standing next to him at the window, watching the guests come pouring through the gates. When I looked up at him, he had his hands behind his back, a grin from ear to ear. I could see a lump in his throat and a tear streaming down his cheek. He had realized his dream. I was only 12 years old at the time, so it didn't mean as much to me then. But as the years go by, that image of him becomes more and more endearing. I'm crying. I'm yeah, I, <laughs> I was fighting through that one. Um, but it's I mean, such a neat thing, such a very such a historic piece of the park. And we actually were able to go into Walt's apartment. Uh, we did the walk in Walt's Disneyland footsteps tour in 2014 in 2014 yeah and uh included in that is is, so there's the walking tour where they talk about disneyland in general a lot of the fun facts about how uh, when it opened because it's really walking in his footsteps you know at the time of opening um so there's a lot of history behind the tour but also you get to go to his apartment and you get to go in they let you take a picture which sounds like that's not always a thing so we got lucky. We have a picture in there. It was really cool. Very, just a very modest little place, but so cute and so quaint. And you could just kind of like feel the energy in the room. And it's, it's, it was just a very special day for us. But on top of that, we got some really cool souvenirs. They give you a really neat little name badge so that you, you wear that during the tour so people can call you by name. And then you get a really cool commemorative pin, um, which we have those. We need to put those in a shadow box, but yeah. Yeah, very cool tour and and uh yeah, not a not a hugely known fact that there is a secret apartment right above the fire station. Yeah. Yeah. Thought that was pretty fitting. So that's our topic for the day. If you have anything you'd like to add to this story, please let us know. But that brings us to the quote of the week. It's time for a quote of the week. Putting words together that last forever. It's quote of the week. So since we're doing facts that you might not know about Disneyland, I thought this would be a fun one. You get a bonus fact. Bonus fact. (laughs) Since we're talking about history and Walt, 
Uh, and the quote of the week is always a Walt Disney quote. I thought this would be kind of fun. So money was a big problem for Disney. It was just, it was always a thing. And so he borrowed and he was very strategic in the way he borrowed. When they were building the park, it kind of came to a point at one time where he had to choose between bathrooms and drinking fountains. <laughs> and so he obviously chose bathrooms. Well, so th- yeah. Yeah. And so, <laughs> <laughs> so he goes with bathrooms and there were all kinds of critics that were accusing him of forcing people to drink Pepsi because Pepsi was one of their big sponsors at the time. And so he got this criticism that, oh, well, he's just not putting in drinking fountains because he wants people to drink Pepsi Cola. So in response to that claim, here's this week's quote of the week. When people said Walt Disney is just trying to get people to drink Pepsi Cola, he said people can buy Pepsi Cola, but they can't pee in the street. <laughs> so, Smart man. Yeah. So, but eventually, you know, drinking fountains, bathrooms, trash cans, they were all put in the right places. And I think they're just perfect now. That's our quote of the week. And that, my friends, brings us to the end of the show. It's a weird time, man. It is. It's so strange right now. So let's all just stick together. Um, like I said, we're going to keep doing this show. Um, we're, you know, we still have just as many people listening, actually more. We have just as much content to share because there's so much to know about Disneyland. The parks will open soon. I'm sure of it. And we'll get there. When they do, then we'll have a really fun episode planned for that. And we'll talk about all kinds of cool stuff. And maybe we'll come into a park that has some new attractions for us or, you know, new features. Um, But it's going to be awesome when it gets back. But in the time we're in now, you know, we're going to give you as much history as we can because we like talking about it. And it's really interesting stuff. So keep listening. Uh, We do thank you so much because your dedication to the show um, and, you know, engaging with us online and listening to the show and, you know, sharing with your friends. It's it's so important to us because this is something that gives us an escape from our day to day lives. And we get to talk about something that we love a lot. And that's Disneyland. Um, So thank you so much. and, And the support has just been so amazing. And, you know, we're so happy to be able to do this with you. So. Uh, on that note, if you do have any comments or questions or if there's anything you want to hear about on the show or if there's any stories you'd like to share, uh, email us, friends at magiconmainstreetpodcast.com. And you can also follow us on Instagram. You can find us at magiconmainpod. Uh, subscribe to our calendar. And there's not a lot going on right now, but we are going to be putting in any any news that we hear coming up. We made some additions for this week, so keep an eye on that. And, you know, we would always love your support Uh, there's a lot of fun things you get when you become a Patreon subscriber. One of those is you never have to listen to ads too. You're going to get an episode early. Uh, and you also get some fun swag. We've got stickers and pins and all kinds of fun stuff. There's different levels. They all start at $2 a month. We would love your support if you have it to share, but you can find out more about that at patreon.com slash magic on main street. We actually got our first club $33 member this week and I'm so excited. That comes with a cool enamel pin. We'll put up a picture when we have one. Uh, So, yeah. So as little as two bucks a month, you can get access to no ads, early access. It's fun stuff. So patreon.com slash magic on main street. Also, make sure you subscribe to our show. Uh, Your reviews really help. So if you could spare the time to leave us a review, let us know what you think and help spread the love uh, of Disney with your network, your friends, your family. 
I think now's the time to to take in all this information while we're all kind of sitting around bored. So yeah. we'd really, uh, really appreciate you sharing this out with your friends. But that being said, on behalf of Tabitha, Kenzie, Daniel, Scar, and myself, thank you so much for listening to the Magic on Main Street podcast. See you real soon. Toodles. Oh, toodles. Magic on Main Street. Just like a churro, you're so sweet. Our time with you is such a treat. Spread the Disney love. Thanks for hanging out with us on Main Street.